Down Syndrome Queensland are the peak body for intellectual disability in Queensland. We drive change, support inclusion and are on a quest for equality so that people with intellectual disabilities can take their rightful place as valuable members of the community. Down Syndrome Queensland also provides practical and emotional support, comfort and opportunities to people with intellectual disability, their families and support networks, particularly in regional areas. DSQ supports an inclusive environment for people with an intellectual disability, which allows them to live their best lives. We believe it is important to respect the rights of parents to choose the development path that is best for their loved one. DSQ is here to support them along the way. To find out more about how you can help, to volunteer or to support the work of Down Syndrome Queensland, go to downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders past, present and emerging. The Now in the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now into the future. Today's episode on safeguarding regarding boundaries comes with somewhat of a trigger warning. We are very conscious that talking about relationships and uh, navigating things like sexuality and puberty and um, abuse and neglect for a loved one with a disability can be very confronting for anyone. And we would like to encourage you to reach out to the support services team here at Down Syndrome Queensland following this episode, should you wish to discuss any of this further. So today's topic is one that some families may find a little bit confronting. It's it's not exactly a topic that is, I guess, um, dinner table conversation for very many people. And in fact, it may not even be something that they feel confident or comfortable discussing with friends or family or other people in their lives. But it is one that we in the support services team here at DSQ do hear from families and people with Down syndrome about quite regularly. And that is navigating personal safety within the context of relationships. And and by relationships, we don't mean necessarily interpersonal or intimate relationships. We can also consider boundaries within the scope of any interactions that we have with any of the people in our life. So today we're going to hear from a couple of different speakers. Shortly, we'll be talking with Yuka Yamaoka, who is our long-term youth and adult officer within the support services team. And then later in the episode, we'll also hear from one of our peer leaders, Nikki, who'd like to share her learnings along the way as she has navigated the relationships and the people in her life. One of the reasons that we do want to talk about this topic today is that we do know that people with a disability are statistically more vulnerable when it comes to exploitation, uh, abuse, neglect, and and all of those kinds of areas that 
it can be very uncomfortable and confronting to think about as a family member, but important nonetheless to ensure that we prepare our loved ones as much as possible. Um, and, and I guess that's why we have referred to today's episode as safeguarding around boundaries, because it is very hard to proactively support our loved ones in learning strategies and and ways that they can maintain those boundaries without acknowledging that they are more at risk in the first place. So welcome, Yuka. Thank you, Tanya. I wondered if you wanted to just give a really brief rundown of the of the role that you do here and, mm-hmm. and the kind of support you provide. Mm-hmm. So I guess my role as the Youth and Adult Support Officer is to obviously support our youth and adults with Down syndrome, but we also support um, anyone that's supporting that person. So whether that be family members, um, service providers, employers, um, anyone that might be in that person's support network. A range of different inquiries that we get. So uh, one of those things being um, relationships, puberty, sexuality, um, all of those tricky things that we might sort of navigate through Mm. life and be supporting our um, person with Down syndrome through. Mm. And I guess you use the word tricky and and certainly I think a lot of of people, it's just not one of those things that many of us have been raised speaking very openly about. And I wondered if there's, um, I guess, why that might be and why that's particularly so when we we're talking about a person with a disability yeah i think you know the reason why i use the word tricky is because you know we sort of have these conversations with our other children in terms of those without a disability but i guess it you know, parents might perceive it to be tricky because of the fact that they might need to adapt some of that information Mm -hmm. um, so it is accessible to their son or daughter, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of times the case, I guess. You know, we want to make sure that the information that we're providing to the person with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. um, that it's, it's going to be, you know, Um, consolidated and making sure that they understand what it is that they need to know in terms of being able to um, you know navigate their way through puberty and sexuality and relationships so um, and a lot of the times family members may find it difficult to have those conversations because Mm. the information that we're providing to our person with Down syndrome can be quite explicit we need to provide it in a way that's going to be I guess simple Mm. explicit um, and to the point as well. Mm. So, um, you know, as much as... Mm. And I guess that could be tricky because we know that using visual supports is often yes. a really good way of learning <laughs> for um, our Absolutely. family members. So I guess what sort of tips have you got or learnings have you, you know, had along the way in terms mm. of that side of things? Mm, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things, Tanya, that we need to start early. So, mm. you know, when we have conversations with our family members around um, educating our, you know, people with Down syndrome around some of those things, we do encourage to, you know, start those conversations early. Mm. So whether that be, um, you know, when it comes to things like puberty down the track when they are mm. teenagers, mm. Um, you know, to start talking about things, you know, around body parts mm. um, at an early age, you know, as from as young as maybe, you know, one or two years old mm. um, to really consolidate, you know, using the word, you know, the right um, and correct terminology for body parts yep. um, and identifying, you know, when and when, um, you know, in terms of public and private, um, in terms of those situations, you know, when we would be referring to those um, particular body parts um, and who we're comfortable in terms of, Mm. I guess, sharing some of those things with. Mm. And that, I guess, is part of the trickiness, if we're going to use that word again, because sometimes people with Down syndrome might have 
an extra layer of people in their lives from an earlier age, um, such as support staff, helping with things like personal care or um, other sorts of, you know, daily kind of tasks where I guess that, you know, contact with someone who you're not terribly familiar with who's helping you in that quite intimate personal way, um, I guess does that play into even more the importance of teaching about, you know, what is your body who, who can have any contact with you and your body and how you can communicate if you're not feeling comf- like, um, comfortable with that contact? I, I think particularly so in circumstances like that, particularly when we might have um, support workers, you know, who may not be coming in on a regular basis in terms mm. of the familiar people that we know that, mm. you know, someone could be filling in for someone else um, mm. for that day um, and the person might need assistance mm. with their personal care. Mm. And I think it's more around, you know, how we can educate the person in terms of knowing what their boundaries are, Mm -hmm. what they're comfortable with in terms of, you know, what's going to be happening, Mm -hmm. um, who's going to be, um, you know, doing some of those things in Mm -hmm. terms of those support needs um, and making sure that they're aware in terms Mm -hmm. of, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the plans and what's going to be happening. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's especially important to navigate if the person that that support worker is supporting is not um, communicating via verbal channels. Like, um, I guess, it, what ha- I guess, can you talk a little bit about those added layers of um, yeah. importance? Yeah. yeah, and I guess it just comes to those um, basic, um, you know, communication mm. um, needs in terms of how we would communicate um, with the person with a disability, mm. regardless of whether they may or may not be, um, you know, verbally be able to communicate, mm. you know, using visual prompts and mm. visual aids in terms mm. of the things that we're going to be doing, um, whether that be around personal care or anything else that mm. we're, you know, supporting mm. the person to do. Um, but it's just important that we're, we're communicating with that being various ways Mm. around our intentions as a support worker Mm. um letting us know when you're not feeling comfortable about something Mm. um and just letting them be aware in terms Mm. of what's going to be happening Mm. and letting us know when we need to stop or um you know if you want us to do something a different way and i think that's really important from a young age too isn't it in terms of encouraging children to exercise that right to say no Mm. um because i think it you said earlier the earlier the better to start with this and I very much agree from my early years role um, it's really important for children to feel respected and heard if they are uncomfortable with the situation and and want to say no um, in that regard. Yuka if you could share a little bit more about maybe what what leads to that extra vulnerability? Mm. And I think, Tanya, a lot of the times it's just about not knowing. Mm. So, um, you know, like we mentioned in terms of that trickiness of parents having that conversation with um, the person with Down syndrome around, you know, how they can, um, you know, educate themselves around things like mm. um, sexuality, mm. puberty um, and relationships, mm. um, you know, I guess if we educate the person around some of those things um, on a regular basis, not just a one-off, mm. um, we are empowering the person to be able to you know, protect themselves within mm. the community. 
And I think that is definitely the key, isn't it? This is definitely not. I don't think for any young person, giving a book or a pamphlet or a one-off conversation is ever going to be enough in this area. But particularly when we know people with Down syndrome learn best through that repeated exposure to new information and Mm -hmm. opportunities to continue to explore it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we would love to now share with you some wisdom from one of our peer leaders, Nikki, who has explored this a lot in her own life over the years and was very passionate about sharing her wisdom around boundaries um, and how to navigate that amongst the various layers of people in your life. So we will now move over to that interview and share with you that wisdom. Hi, Nikki. It's so wonderful to have you here today. For our listeners, I'd like you to know that this is Tanya from Down Syndrome Queensland Support Services team, and I'm talking today with Nikki, who wears a few hats. She is our lovely admin assistant who's been here for a number of years, but today she's actually going to share some words of wisdom with us in her role as a peer leader in our new peer support network. Mm -hmm. So welcome, Nikki. Thank you. Really excited to hear a little bit more today. And I believe you're going to have a chat for our listeners um, on the topic of boundaries. I am. What would you like to share? Sure. The boundaries we need to, we need people to understand is we need boundaries around us to protect us. There are three sets of boundaries or so the inner circle people we love we can hug, two, the middle circle, people we meet or know a bit and we might just shake their hand or nudge them. In the outer circle, people we don't really know and should not touch and they should not touch us. So that's talking about all the different people you might know in your life? Yeah. Okay, and they fall into one of three circles. Which is this. So Nikki's showing me a beautiful picture here. It's got three different layers and the middle layer is people who you're really close with, Nikki. Is mm-hmm. that right? And the kinds of contact you might have with someone really close would yeah. be hugging, it says there. What about people in that next layer where they're not quite as close to you? You mean in the middle? The yellow layer that I can see there. Like, what kind of contact do we have with those people? um, Like a handshake or a nudge only. Okay. People who need to, don't want to hug you, just want to shake their hand or nudge them to say, how are you and how was your day and everything like that. So friendly but not super friendly. Yeah. 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 And what about that last circle that you've got there? The last one? Yeah, the outside one. It was the red one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's um, not even as close again. The other circle. Yeah. Physical contact. It's strangers. Mm. People you meet for the first time. Mm. Your bus drivers, supermarket people, bank employee, employees, other people who might meet for the first time. Yeah, the people you don't know very well. I wonder if you could take us through each of those again because you've got some amazing notes there. In the inner circle, people we we love and can hug Mm. is your parents and grandparents, sisters and brothers, very 
very close friends, nephews and nieces, aunts, uncles, cousins, you see often, sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws, sometimes you work friends. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And even though they're people that you're really close to, is it okay if there's times where you, you don't want to hug them as well? Same, but when I'm here at DSQ, sometimes I do. Yeah. Or don't, or they want to or not, so... Yeah. yeah, and it's your choice, isn't it? It's my choice and their choice. Mm. And is it hard to tell people if you're not comfortable having that close contact? What do you mean? Like if someone goes to give you a hug and you're not feeling like you would like that. I'm wondering how, what we could say to people, how do we get out of those situations? The thing is, though, it's their decision to make. Mm. Do you want to hug you or not? Mm. So if I said yes and they say yes, then I can. Yeah, yep. And if we, if it looks like they don't want to, maybe we could ask permission first. Yeah. Is it okay if I give you a hug? Yeah. Or maybe we could say, oh, today I'd rather just shake hands. Is that okay? Exactly. Perfect. Great. So that was the inside circle. They were your really close people. Yeah. Oh, your close is your family. Yeah. And your aunties and uncles and your cousins. Mm. You don't see them much often, but yeah. you do. Or- yeah. People you're really connected to. Yeah. For other people who maybe don't know their workplaces that well, would it be the yellow circle? I'm wondering about that next layer that you were talking about. Okay. I can't remember who was on that list. In the middle circle? Yeah. People be my handshake or nudge. Yep. Like old school friends. Mm -hmm. You only see occasionally. Mm. Your support workers, maybe, mm. parents of your friends, friends of your parents, mm. people you work with, yeah. or who knows. Yeah, and for maybe if you haven't worked for very long yeah. with them too. Mm. Teachers, tutors, hairdresser, personal mm. trainer, doctors, sport coaches, relatives you don't see very often. Yeah, yeah, that you might not feel as connected yeah. to that's a great list so that's more of a you can still have a little bit of contact but it's more that um handshake or hands for a nudge even, yeah even yeah. if they want to hug you they can just say yes but you still know yeah and do you sometimes look at their body language a little bit and yeah. see yeah. yeah what they're thinking and yeah. whether they might be comfortable great and i'm wondering if you can remind me again about that outside circle yes the people that we just aren't going to have that physical contact with. I think you had it in a red circle. Hmm. The outer circle. Yeah. Uh, strangers, mm. people you meet for the first time. Yeah. This, this contact. Mm. Bus drivers. Yep. Supermarket people, bank employees, other people you might meet for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. so people were really not that well known with and maybe we may not ever see them again either so no hmm. thank you so much for sharing that Nikki so, was there anything else about boundaries that you would like to share I have one sure when you know when you work in an office mm. like when someone's working working on events yeah like sometimes when, when teenagers can understand how the volunteers work Oh, volunteers, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not your regular worker, are they? But, no. But they're somebody that 
might be connected to your workplace but you don't know them very well yet? To tell the teenagers, people are not there, the yeah. teenagers, and um, tell them that to set the boundaries of the volunteers. If they're working with you, just listen to them and yeah. they will tell you everything. Do you think that was because sometimes the volunteers were of a similar age to the teenagers? Yeah. Or not much older? Not, yeah. not much older, but yeah. they're still a good team of volunteers to yeah. work with and look after you and... Mm. take care what they what you need yeah to do they them. can all still be part of the team but yeah. so I'm, I'm just checking in to make sure I understood you correctly do you mean sometimes it might be confusing for younger people when their workmates or or people supervising them might be of a similar age it makes it harder to set those boundaries yeah it's harder to set boundaries for um, the, the younger ones because they mm. tend to um well We'll go up with them, like um, we'll go over and sit down with them. Just yeah, yeah. Go all crazy about it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's okay. Did you have any other words of wisdom before we? Mm, we're quiet. Not quite. Thank you so much. We really appreciate all the learning that you've shared today. Thank you, Nikki, for sharing those wonderful words of wisdom with us. And we do encourage everybody listening today to start those conversations early with their family members and continue to have them in ongoing and accessible ways. Yuka, I believe that you have had some experience with putting together and running workshops around this very topic in the past. I wondered if you could share a little bit more about what DSQ can offer in that regard. Mm, so we um, can offer um, workshops to people with Down syndrome talking about um, healthy relationships and that covers content like um, consent, which is really important, um, and just navigating relationships in general in terms mm. of you know positive relationships and um, how we communicate with um, the people in our life um, and just covering some of those really um, uh, important things that we would um, need to know in, in navigating relationships. That sounds great. And so if people were interested in exploring that, um, they, they could just reach out to the office and contact you. Yep, they sure can. Lovely. Mm-hmm. If you have found today's episode confronting or difficult to listen to and would like to process that further, please do reach out to the support services team here at Down Syndrome Queensland on 07 3356 6655. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down Syndrome, please visit the Dyson Drone Queensland website at dysondrome.org.au slash QRD. Dyson Drone Queensland supporting people with Dyson Drone now and into the future.